Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network. We're back with episode 41, where the Rangers find themselves four points or five points out of a playoff spot, I think, uh, with a game in hand. And we swept our road trip. Now we're back home, currently playing the Boston Bruins, which is going to be a tough battle. If we can just get one point out of this, that would be a tremendous success. And... You know, right now the Rangers are firing on all cylinders. They're getting great goaltending. They have been stellar in the defensive zone. Uh, the star players are putting points on the board and doing exactly what they're supposed to do. They're all earning their big contracts, and you know, all is well right now in the Rangers on the in the Rangersville. And it's just one of those uh, weeks where you know this team doesn't quit. Uh, they were down uh, in the uh, Minnesota game. They, you know, scrambled back and were able to tie it and then win it in overtime, and they got two valuable points. And then, uh, and then they went to the Columbus, where, you know, they weathered the storm in the second period, getting outshot like twenty-two to seven, and they, you know, find a way to win late in that game and grab another two points. So they beat Winnipeg, they beat uh, Minnesota, and they beat. Columbus and you know they got six out of six points on the road and <laughs> they're in pretty good shape and uh, uh, there's a lot to be proud of with this team you know especially uh, especially the younger guys you know not giving up anything and and you know everything from the coaching to the goaltending defense and forwards have been perfect you can't ask for anything more right now Andy how are you doing today uh, I've been better yeah I've had a hell of a week at work but um this is a nice respite for me so that's good i well i'm excited to talk about something other than general work stuff and yeah um to your point the rangers have been very impressive recently i didn't really didn't expect them to pull out a four you know four wins in a row but here we are um everything you said is absolutely true they've been so much better defending in the defensive zone they've gotten great goaltending um from both you know Georgiev and uh Shesterkin even a period of Hank they got good goaltending from so they're in a good spot and it seemed pretty insurmountable where they were at and 
everyone was kind of saying, well, if they want to have anything after coming out of the all-star break, they're basically going to have to go on a run. But here we are. They put together their four, uh, first four-game win streak all year, which was kind of a little hump they couldn't get over. They'd string three together, and then they'd kind of fold. But they've had some yeah, some last uh, late-game heroics, and uh, they got a real clutch uh, tying goal with the, an empty net uh, versus Minnesota. So, yeah, it's just everything's going uh, the right way for them. I think they have the best power play in the league, uh, or a second best at least since uh, Christmas. So, and their penalty kill has been ama- amazing. They've been good on special teams. It's honestly, as a as a fan, it's really easy to see the way this team is trending, um, and especially even though they haven't been putting up the counting stats, but that line of Heedle, Kako, and uh, uh, Di Giuseppe has been really good for them, and. Uh, yeah, they've they lost uh, Tony for a game or a few games. I think he he's out tonight versus uh, the Bruins, but I think he should be ready to go for Chicago. And they don't miss a beat. You know, Brendan Smith gets slid back there, and he, he actually plays. Yeah, he's a better defenseman than he's a forward. So, well, he's but, a defenseman. So, <laughs> no, I know. So it's just yeah, it's weird. But yeah, I guess TLDR. They're just they're they're in a good spot, and you can see the hope for the future and they've you look at their underlying numbers they've all shifted to you know a break even if not some of the better top 10 in the nhl for uh shot share and things of that nature so it's just yeah it's just good to see it's everything's coming together um obviously we'll see how they respond if chris Kreider gets traded at the trade deadline uh the rangers play the bruins tonight and who knows he might be on a plane home with them especially if uh, uh don is don sweeney's their gm if don sweeney and jeff who I think have a history anyway, um, are probably talking shop right now uh, in the in the bowels of the garden as we speak or up in the press box. So it should be interesting. But um, if this is the, the the highlight of the season, I you know you have to be happy as a Rangers fan. They haven't really let much neg- negativity really creep into this team this year. You know they have they've had their warts and their breakdowns and their fire drills in their own end and it was kind of a problem but they've really been able to get away with it and they haven't really backslid since they started figuring it out you know so that's really promising well you know that's that's the whole you know theme of this season so far is basically you know the rangers have uh never really fell behind but they never really put themselves in a position to kind of take off and right now they're they're you know, they're gaining steam, you know, winning those three games was huge. And they weren't against teams that were at the bottom of the standings. They were against teams that they uh, had to beat. Like Columbus is a, that was a huge win. That was a huge two points. Like Columbus needed those points. Columbus has a ton of injuries right now and they needed that game. They, they played desperate. They played gritty. Um, Tortorella has that team playing way above their skill level. And, you know, to come out of a win on the road against them, that wasn't an easy game to win. And then even if you back up to Minnesota, Minnesota is fighting for, you know, a playoff spot right now. I know they kind of, <clears throat> I mean, well, we could talk about this after the game, they fired coach, uh, uh, uh Bruce Boudreau. And he, you know, I don't know. I don't know like the culture of Minnesota, but it just kind of seems like maybe that was the final straw and they're going to be sellers at the deadline and kind of, uh, you know, help themselves in the future by getting rid of some of their uh, their big contracts and and kind of become a younger team instead of the the old slower team that they they 
come because, you know, they've always been the team that has been in the middle of the pack, just making the playoffs and never really making a deep run. So, you know, they might have to approach this a little bit different, you know, and, and go on a full rebuild if they want, you know, any success in the near future. And I think that'd be a smart thing to do for Minnesota. Uh, but again, Rangers were down uh, two goals and they were able to come back and claw their way and, and win in a shootout, getting that extra point. And, you know, say what you want about this team, say what you want about Quinn and the coaching. Uh, you know, we've had our issues and stuff like that, but they seem to be cleaning a lot of those issues up, which, you know, I love, you know, they're addressing the problems. And of course we're a young team. So we're always going to have little, you know, warts, like you said, but you know, right now they're, they're playing, they're playing a much better brand of hockey than we've seen, uh, you know, so far this season. And, and I don't know if it has to do with coaching or does it have to do with, um, you know, the speculation of trades and, and guys feel like, you know, you know, this could be it. Like if we don't, you know, push for it right now, let's see what we can do as a team because, you know, you know, this team seems like they're really close, like personally close, like a bunch of really close friends. And, and, uh, I, I don't think, uh, you know, I don't think many players want to leave that locker room right now. No, I mean, maybe a two, two things probably happen, which is why I think Vucinevich is playing his best, uh, hockey of the year right now you know obviously he was getting real unlucky and wasn't getting the chances despite playing well but now it just it seems like it's much easier for him and he's finding the back of the net so that I think that's one is that uh you know you have to wonder if the talks of him being a potential (laughs) trade uh chip for the Rangers number 12 on TSN's uh trade board as he actually reminded us in a funny back uh, you know uh video from the on his way to the locker room um yeah, it gave him a little kick in the boost to be like, you know, you, you think I'm not a part of this team? Well, here you go. And he's been the Rangers, you know, I'd say through the segment, he's probably been one of the, if not the Rangers best player. Um, he's been involved in, you know, most of the goals and his defensive effort has been tremendous, you know, even for him because he's always, he's been better this year t- tracking down pucks, but I just think his ability to come back and make reads and smart poke checks and not trying to, you know, cause he's a bigger guy now, but he's not, he's not jacked by any means, but just, I think he's just using his brain more and just, uh, and can he's I, got can the, I stop you real quick? Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's, let's stop beating around the bush. Andy, there was, <laughs> we can pinpoint this to one thing almost uh, to the date. And it was that true. you dropped Buchnevich from your well, fantasy hockey. Team. I was going to get, I was going to get to that. That was actually okay. the, my All number right. one point. <laughs> <laughs> but my bad, my bad. like I, like I had said you know if you love something you have to let him go and I realized that I had locked Buchnevich up in a in a prison uh, that I had created for him of that you know I can't have nice things and because I and I knew I literally told you I told you the date I dropped him and I said watch him go on a tear and lo and behold he he's been on a tear so uh it's just funny how those things work out so if Butch negotiates a nice uh contract for to stay with this team i, I hope he i get some kickback but we'll I, see um but to your point honestly the biggest thing is that you they seem much closer in that i'm sure at the beginning of the year there's a lot of guy new guys coming in and old guy you know so i'm sure they may have been clicked off a little bit i'm sure they were friendly or whatever or even just like you know trying to force something to happen but there's no replacement for you know, uh, just the time together and going through that stuff together and the, the downs. And now now they're experiencing the highs together. So, I mean, we're seeing Buchnevich 
joking around with Zabanajad and Kreider and Shesterkin sitting next to Panarin on the plane and their dogs are playing and Truba and Shea are, you know, fast friends and they're giving the Broadway hat to Ryan Lindegren for being a warrior and getting busted open. They call him the warrior and everyone's cheering and, and Heedle's playing well and everyone's yelling speech because his, he's short on words and making fun of him for texting his girlfriend. It just, it's clear that they've come together so much in that, uh, yeah, they have, they have something you can, you just can kind of feel it and tell, which is nice. You know, hopefully, uh, the game versus the Bruins tonight is probably, a is a good test for them because I think other than, when they beat Tampa, who at the time was looking real bad, although now they're probably the best team in the league. Um, the Rangers have had trouble against the, you know, the bona fide cup contenders, you know, St. Louis dispatched them easily. Um, you know, I think Wash they got beat by Washington earlier this year. Um, yeah. So I'd like to see if this is where they're at. It's, this will be a good litmus, yeah, litmus test for them. I almost knocked my, my mic over. Um, but yeah, I, it's just no matter what happens, if Crider get, uh, gets traded or uh, things kind of they lose the plot a bit, at least you can we've seen this year as fans that there is something here and that the Rangers have good pieces. They can score. They don't have any problem scoring, which is, you know, a lot of teams seem to have that problem. So they have to be defensive. But now they're proving that if they that they can defend, too. So if they can find that balance between being able to use their pure offensive creativity in guys like Fox, who is playing out of his mind right now, that, that pa- backhand pass, uh, to oh my God. on the power play. Holy. Oh my God. You texted me. Cause I, it, in real time, I, I just kind of missed it. I don't know why, just cause you're, you're, you know, I was a little nervous, but you, you said that. And I went watching the replay, unbelievable, just patience and poise and balls just to hold on to that puck and have to to pull guys to him and then just on his feather the perfect flat you know beautiful saucer pass from the blue line all the way up to the corner to Mika who then brings it right to the slot for Kreider who one times it passed Mers looking and I was just like oh my god this kid is tremendous I just feel like we haven't had a defenseman like this in such a long time and I feel like an idiot saying that because he's he's a rookie and you know but he really is like Throughout the whole season, he's just been our best defenseman. Like, I, and I don't even think it's even been close. You know, Truba has moments where he he can take over games with, you know, just his his size and strength, and you know, and and, and if he can get a shot off in time. But you know, day in and day out, uh, and, you know, and I won't take anything away from Tony because offensively Tony's been stellar. But both like just being a, a really smart defenseman and making the right plays consistently. And just his plays offensively also just all around our best defenseman. And, you know, that's just amazing to see considering he's, you know, just a rookie. So, uh, you know, looking forward right now, Andy, this team is actually, they're actually seven points out. I actually counted in my head yesterday. If they won one of the games that they're, they have in hand, they would be, uh, you know, five points out. So looking at this, at this, you know, the standings right now as they are yeah what what do you think they do if they're only a couple points out like they have a couple games left and you know philly kind of seems to have stalled they they you know the wheels kind of have fallen off uh you know the, i don't know if you saw the was it uh brisgalov and what you'll call it Voracek going at it online um columbus <laughs> is injury ridden 
you know, Carolina is one of those teams that they'll, they'll be up there at the end of the day. I think, you know, they just got a, you know, a solid team. I don't know really what to expect from Florida. I think they should be a playoff team, but they just have their way of playing themselves right out of it. And, you know, and then you have the Rangers. So like, I, again, and I don't believe in, in Toronto really either. I don't trust them, but you know, we really can't have that, that spot because we're really just fighting against Columbus, Philly and Carolina for the two wild card spots. And, and of course, Florida, but um, yeah, where do you, where do you, how do you handle this situation? Cause I, I'm torn. You know, I think no matter what happens, I think Jeff, I hope he made up his mind already and he sticks to that because he's weighed the variables. Um, it's tough. Obviously, Kreider is the biggest hot button issue because some things can be left off till the summer. But getting something for Kreider, it's either now is a rental or or you you have to resign him. Yeah. And then the ball is kind of in his court, which could put the team in a bad spot. So they better they better know. You know, they I hope they've weighed all the pros and cons farther than I have. And I'm I hope I would imagine they have. He's Jeff does his due diligence. Well, he likes he- to bring things down to the wire. But I mean, yeah, it's. I, obviously, they they shouldn't be buyers at the deadline. But no, I don't you know. think they should be buyers. But here here's one thing that I I was thinking of, and it was because of the words that uh, you know from the Rangers organization that they weren't exactly looking for picks. Although like picks, I think would be a part of their yeah. Package. They're looking for NHL ready talent, NHL ready talent that are younger. I'm telling you, if you get rid of Kreider and you bring in a kid that's like young and eager and you know is NHL ready. And you put him in, in the Kreider spot. Obviously, he's not going to be as effective, but I don't think we're going to take that much of a hit. And and I said, I believe I said this last podcast, but, you know, everyone wants to blame Panarin for Ryan Strom's success. I, I'm one to point that let's not, let's not take away the fact that Kreider has been playing with Zibanejad, who's and Buchnevich, uh, yeah. and Buchnevich, who's been absolutely fantastic. Both of them, you know, uh, Zibanejad had him an all-star year season. Buchnevich driving plays. His point production is not there, but as of recent, this is what he's capable of doing. And we we mentioned that like it's almost like we're almost thankful that he hasn't been like too good because otherwise he, he'd be you know making some big money money also. So you know if we get a you know, and then even if we move another defenseman also, you know I want to see what Joey Keane has. And I wanted to t- tell you also Joey Keane had a stall in the locker room in one of the locker rooms because they were filming, they were filming the Rangers picking out their tuxedo for their casino night. It's a little charity event that the Rangers have. Yeah. And they were doing it next to Keen's stall. Mm. So I don't know if they're getting ready for a call up, but I mean, that's gotta be something. Why would you have that at Madison square garden? Yeah, I don't know. He get because he got called up, but then he went back down and played for Hartford the other day, didn't he? When they I think they beat Laval. Um, yeah. So yeah, but it, it's interesting. You, yeah, maybe there's people know they know something we don't. Um, uh, yeah, especially the speculation that Shea might be a guy the Rangers move on from. Um, and now you know with the stadium series last night, uh, Colorado loses Grubauer, so who knows the extent of that. So they, mm-hmm. all of a sudden they need a goalie and, you know, so I just, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of moving parts at all times, I think with this and how it affects the Rangers decision-making. Um, yeah. Again, I, 
I think they're they've been trying to, to up to this point have it both ways, and they're an incredibly tight lipped organization. Hence why we haven't heard much. But yeah, I think it'll be real interesting. I mean, there's a big this, there is a chance this might be Kreider's last game at the Garden uh, as a Ranger, and it's against the team he might go you know get traded to. So having said that, I think to your point about Gordon saying he wants NHL ready talent, you would hope that he gets flipped for talent that makes it worth it. I mean. Yeah, you're not going to get. I don't think you know all these Rangers fans saying Jack Stadnika from Boston. They're not trading their best prospect for Kreider, who might essentially just be a rental. Like, come on, that's not happening. But you know, you look at the Blues, and they won't. I don't think they'd ever give up Clem Costin, but maybe they'd give up Kairou. Who knows? You know, there's guys out there who are pretty good and have room to grow and to blossom into something more. Um, but yeah, I think with the way he's, how hot he's been in terms of just scoring clutch goals and power moves and winning face-offs and doing everything that you'd want him to do, it's not out of the question that he returns more than just a guy who's, you know, ultimately an NHL player, but is a bottom six guy. So, but you know, they, they just need, the Rangers have to make sure they, if they're going to do that, they target the right kid who has room to grow, but is, it's not, you know, it's not totally boom bust, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah, it's an interesting time. Yeah, and it's just you know it's just a weird situation because I didn't think I, I'm curious to see if like the Rangers organization and the the you know the GM really thought they were going to be in this situation at this point. Like it's kind of it's kind of awkward because, and, and it's, you know it's a good thing and a, and it's a bad thing because I kind of you know I know I waved the white flag, but like, let's be honest, I want this team to make the playoffs. Like I want them to win now. I mean, they are in striking distance, and I'm not sold on the teams in front of them, which is, which is why I, I like, I'm rooting for them, obviously. And you know, if we have to face Washington, yeah, we're probably fucked. But uh, or Boston, <laughs> or, which is obviously who we we end up playing, we're fucked. But you know, at the same time, you know, the Islanders are sitting at 72 points, and again, I'm not sold on the Islanders. I think they're a fraud team. They just have good coaching. That's it, and um, and they got Barzell who. Obviously, he's elite. Uh, yeah. But, you know, again, it's just one of those things that, you know, uh, it's going to be bittersweet, you know, when they do unload some of these players. And and I am curious to see, you know, what kind of talent, you know, the Rangers are able to bring up and get back and return. And if they say they get, you know, players that are NHL ready and, you know, this Ranger team relies a little bit on goaltending and, and some of their, you know, elite you know, offensive players like Zibanejad and Panarin, who knows, maybe they still could sneak into the playoffs. I don't think that's like the worst thing in the world. No, I, I definitely don't think it's the worst thing in the world either. Again, I think it's just the, I think the point is that if the Rangers pick a track, they're going to have to really make sure, uh, well, obviously not buy, not buying as a yeah, track, no, no, but, no, no. but, but ultimately it's like, you know, the, the obviously the the worry is that with ten less than what five games left or whatever it is, it's a um, a week a week from if you're listening to this on Monday, it's a week from today, right? So yeah, um, you have a week. So at a certain point, you have to hope you don't back yourself into a corner. And if something good comes up, you know, because it's interesting if Toffoli gets moved first. If I don't know if that hurts or hinders Kreider. Um, especially if the team that was willing to pony up the, the most gets a little gun shy about it, you know, coming off of to fully having to, uh, a hat trick at the uh, stadium series. So, and they might say, well, that's a, he's a good player and that's a cheaper price to pay, but yeah, I don't know if it helps or hurts. So I just hope that the Rangers don't 
because there is a chance that they just hold it. They play their cards too close to their chest and they hold on too long and, you know, try not to take a bath. And then they're kind of forced into doing something that they didn't anticipate or weren't, uh, didn't want to do. So that's my only concern, but I, I have faith in Gordon. He's gotten, I've been pretty happy at least from a, you know, not trying to be hindsight 2020 and, and judge the players, but in terms of at the time of the trades were made value for the, you know, Nash and, uh, Stepan and Zook and McDonough and all those guys, you know, relative to what they, what they really realistically are or were. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I have, I have faith. So yeah, I know we've been saying this for, from for, it seems like a months on this podcast, but the end is the end is close. So hopefully, um, hopefully soon we start hearing something really savory. Yeah. And I got a question for you though, sure. just to, shoot. you know, shoot the shit a little bit. Um, would you rather have a, um, first round, even if we get swept by, you know, um, Boston or, um, Washington, would you rather make the playoffs and get swept or would you rather, you know, be that last team out and have like a really long shot for a low, uh, draft pick? I mean, no, I think I'd, I think I'd rather at that. Once you're in, I, you want to go as far as possible because it's like, a, it kind of sets that expectation of where a team needs to, what level they need to be playing at. You know what I mean? It gives yeah. a bunch of young players a, a you know a playoff experience, uh, and yeah, I mean, here the biggest thing is Shesterkin. I don't really if he's a healthy Shesterkin. If they, he hit, you know this this ankle thing is nothing. It's kind of interesting to see how far Lundqvist has brought has brought lesser teams farther, you know, than they deserve to go. So you have a young in his almost in his prime Shesterkin with a team that can score. And that seems to be getting their their act together. Uh, yeah, it'll tighten up. But if he can give you the saves you need, who knows? You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. Steal a the last few. Yeah, the reason we I think we Rangers fans have been kind of anti playoffs is because I think they saw that Hank, even though he's still a good goaltender, wasn't that guy who was going to do that. And if you left him out to dry, you may he might save you one game, but he's not saving you for two weeks. But you know, here we are with Shesterkin. Well, uh, I was looking at, you know, what Panarin did last year with Columbus. You know, obviously Columbus had, uh, you know, I I think Columbus was a, a much, not much better, but a better team overall oh, than, oh, hell yeah. than what the Rangers have. But, I mean, they beat the living shit out of the best team in the league <laughs> last year. So, yeah, like, pillar to post. I mean, let's not, and they did it, you know, obviously through goaltending. And, you know, they were just able to be good enough to beat Tampa four games in a row. And, like, I'm not saying that the Rangers are, if the Rangers make the playoffs, you know, they'll even be in the series, you know, yeah. probably realistically looking at a sweep or a four, one, uh, beat down. Yeah. But you know, it, it is, it, you know, the NHL playoffs are known to be a wild card in general. So, you know, if they do end up making it, I'm not going to write the Rangers off completely. I mean, obviously I want them to win. They're my team, but you know, you got to be realistic too, when you're talking about them. Cause you know, obviously I don't want to sound like a complete jackass. But uh, yeah, no, I, I'm very proud of this team, and and you know a lot of this, you know, conversation is is backed by you know what we were able to do on on this road trip, and you know Ooh. one bad loss to to Buffalo, and and you know, you know we bounce back and and win four in a row and potentially five. I mean, right now watching this game in the backgrounds, the Rangers are buzzing. You know, it's, it's a back and forth game. They're not they're not out of this. So. Well, our both our, our rivals, while you were speaking, James, just made a trade. 
Really? The New Jersey Devils have acquired a 2021 second round pick and defenseman David Quenneville in exchange for Andy Green. What a blockbuster. <laughs> I, honestly, I think a second round pick for Andy and a, and I don't know Jack about Quenneville, but for Andy Green is pretty good because Andy Green at this stage is an old, you know, maybe okay fourth to third pairing defenseman on a contender. You know, I understand. I guess I understand it, but you know, Lou has, uh, I'm sure he's got a lot of friends in his old organization. Yeah. But, but you know, again, not the, not a blockbuster that might, if that's the only move that the Islanders, you know, Islanders fans have been complaining about their lack of scoring and, you know, they've been good team defensively and Lou gets Andy green. So uh, I'll, I'm interested to see how, you know, their fan base reacts to that. Yeah. But the um, truth is like, what, who's really out there? Like who are you really going to share up on D like, well, yeah, it's, I am curious because it's like, you know, I, I thought Toffoli would, would have been a nice uh, guy for them to hone in on, but you know, especially cause I think he, he'd probably cost. Yeah, but I don't think do the Islanders have a better prospect. Uh, yeah, I, I think they could have got him for a second. They'd probably have to give up a kid they didn't want, like someone they wouldn't want to, like either, uh, you know, well, I don't know if you want to give up Bellows, but like Wallstrom or someone else. But yeah, um, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't, who knows? Yeah, yeah they're not going to give up. Uh, uh, obviously, what's his note? Dobson, who's their best prospect, probably. But yeah, no, yeah, and Bellows knows? and Bellows looks pretty good. And uh, yeah, so yeah, I'd keep him. So who knows? Maybe maybe if they're they're not done, but Oliver Wallstrom might, you know. But I, knowing Lou, he doesn't really like to do much, so this might be it for them. So you know, yeah, maybe I'm wrong, but I understand. I I hope, uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah. So I mean, uh, we can go back and and, and kind of recap some of the games. Uh, I know we're a little time pressed here, but uh, just you know, just the way it is. I mean, um, unless you had something to talk about, I actually, you know what? Let's not back up into the games. Let's go into the <laughs> goaltending situation because right now George is. Again, our goaltending has never been a problem this year. I don't care who was in net, you know, whatever three of, of the three-headed dragon is in net has always, you know, played very well. I've never been the, you know, yeah. reason why we lost. George has been playing out of his mind. I mean, the game against Columbus was excellent. I know he said after the game that the Rangers made it very easy for him and they played great team defense. I'll agree with him, but still, he, I mean, a lot of the saves that he was making that, you know, nothing went by him that was soft. Like you expect those goals to just slide in. He hasn't given up any of those and he hasn't really played in a while. So, and you could just see like, yeah, his body language had the, was a bit wonky, but he made the saves he had to make. But I thought he looked a little shaky in the Minnesota game, which is yeah. to be expected. Oh, understandable. And then, totally. And then they put him in a back-to-back -back situation and he looked, stellar i mean this is what happens when a you know a goaltender who's elite gets you know reps and you know you can't mimic uh you know a game so uh you know shout out to him and, and what mean, do you think is going to happen from here on out with the goalie situation especially well, if they keep the, all three sorry well here's the thing you know i mean who's getting starts uh shesterkin when he's healthy is and georgiev and lundquist none and i don't think lundquist has been bad this year it's just i I think the the theory that the Rangers are trying to force Lundqvist to make a decision he doesn't want to make has more legs than you might think. They probably won't. It's something they're just going to try to, they'll say, we're just going to, this is where like we can't. Um, and I think if you listen to 31 Thoughts uh, podcast with Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick, they, mm -hmm. they had a very interesting uh, role play where they played out that situation of uh, 
you know, Friedman pretending to be Jeff Gorton and Merrick answering as Henrik Lundqvist. And it was uncomfortable. It was them doing hypothetical conversation. And it made me feel like absolute, like it was brutal. It was, <laughs> which just, I can't imagine what's going on in his head and, you know, what, what that relationship is like and how complicated things are, you know, considering his love of the organization, but his uh, desire and will to be part of it and play. So, yeah, I mean, I honestly have no idea. I mean, I think it'll be more of the same if they, if they're going to, if they can't, if they, if they don't end up trading Georgiev, if they can't get the value they want for him. And, you know, that they're now, it seems like everyone's saying that's more of a summer thing because it's like guys are set. Although, like I said, just uh, last night, just, yeah. Grubauer just got hurt. So who knows? But, um, yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, I don't really know. It's, I think they're just kind of continue. I know that Henrik will still probably be the odd man out for a while. And yeah, I think it's weird. The weird thing is I know people respect him, but I haven't, to be honest, I haven't seen as much. I thought there'd be a little bit more outrage about it. I have, have you really seen much Ranger fan being like, this is messed up. He's your best player. Like, you know what I mean? I haven't really seen that. No, I think I most fans are kind of, understand what's happening and then they're on the same page well you know i mean here's the thing like when they announced the rebuild you know and we kind of knew about igor in the system and that he was eventually going to take over reigns and you know he was going to fulfill lundquist's shoes i think the fan base is excited for change i think they want something new you know this is not the this is not how new york rangers hockey has been played out you know in a while and i think you know just like to be successful, the Rangers had to start a rebuild, you know, for long-term success. I think the fan base kind of needed that too, to kind of readjust and reset and say, okay, the the runs that we made with Lundqvist, you know, we're thankful for it, but he never got the job done. Now it's time to pull back a little bit. Let's hit the reset button. Let's rebuild and see what we can do again with, you know, a new regime with Quinn and, you know, uh, and obviously, you know, Panarin being our, you know, huge, big acquisition to start this whole process, you know? So, yeah. you know, I think, I think you, what you're seeing is the outrage is coming from fans that are still stuck in the past. And I think most fans, I'd say 90% of them are excited about this. You know, I think a lot of, a lot of fans wanted to keep George and, and get rid of Lundqvist. I think, I think if you took a poll right now, I think most fans would, would get rid of Lundqvist. No, yeah, I, th- I think so too. If they could they, choose one of the three goalies to to leave, because let's, I mean, realistic, he should be gone. Yeah, I mean, again, I don't know if this if they're they. I think what's happening is similar to what uh, most pundits have said that they're probably not shopping him. But if a team says kicks the tires on, they say, Hank, this team is asking about you. What would you like to do? You know, so I mean. Yeah, I don't think I don't think he accepts. It. I mean, if you're asking me what I think, I don't think he's going to accept a trade anywhere. I think he's going to even if it ends up with him sadly rotting things out and trying to make himself some sort of martyr or pariah. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> like, I tell you, what, he did though, earn. The, I said this last yeah. time, though. Oh my God, Boston just scored a fluke goal. Uh, damn it! What a ridiculous goal. Anyway, I said this the last time. I go if Hank rides out his contract and signs with another team, I will burn. I will buy a Lundqvist jersey and burn it because that's fucked up. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would agree. Because that what's the difference? What's the difference? Yeah, at that point, you're, if you if, if you just want to run out your time with the team in hopes that you're there and something happens and you can be part of it, and then I understand. But yeah, I if you to do that, 
seems like you're just wasting your own everyone's time mo- your mo- probably, own time. probably your own most yeah most importantly so but again i'm not gonna i'm not gonna get hypothetically mad at lundquist or something he hasn't done yet but i would agree with you that I, would be i would a, a i real, will a already real, am. A, a real head scratcher <laughs> yeah all no, right. and if you, I can't wait for you to see the Boston goal that was just scored. But um, uh, I don't know if I want to. But, you know, this this had lost penciled in. You know, but it's all right. Well, you know what? We can wrap things up then because you know I I need to give my you know heart to this game and uh, and uh, I had a long night. Got back from uh, a tournament at like uh, like two thirty three o'clock in the morning. Couldn't sleep. Had a couple beers to kind of unwind and end up you know going to bed at like 5 30 a.m and woke Oof. up at 10 so couldn't go, go yeah. back to sleep so and i know you had a long day too yeah so. <laughs> yeah all right yeah so yeah we'll wrap um uh if you're listening to this on monday uh let's hope the rangers can uh, now come from behind they're down you know as they're gonna get, it looks like they're going to the intermission down one nothing uh a lot of game left to be played, so hopefully no matter what happens, they have a good showing, and yeah, I'm sure things will be very interesting this week, so you will hear our voices again on Thursday, and who knows, uh, the Rangers are in Chicago on Wednesday, is that correct, James? Yes. Okay, so they have two, they'll have two. they have a two-day two, two day break. Uh, Tony should be good to go by then. I assume Igor should be ready to go, too. Um, yeah, but uh, it should be interesting, so... Um, yeah, I was trying to think of, because we wrap this podcast up the same way, uh, and so I was trying to think of what it would be appropriate uh, to say, but you know what, I'm watching, now I'm watching uh, Twitter highlights of uh, Ryan Lindegren and Marshan going at it, and I love that Lindegren doesn't take, you know, absolute shit from anybody, so I guess we'll sign off by saying uh, it's Ryan Lindegren, the warrior season. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.